1: Welcome, everybody, to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you by thehockeythinktank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. It is myself and Jeffrey J. Hulavecchio. We're flying solo, and today we are going to talk about what it means to be hard to play against. It is a phrase that you hear a lot in hockey. It's a phrase that uh, a a lot of people like to throw around, but I feel like it'd be good to talk about what that actually means. And so we're going to go through that today. But before we do get into it, we're going to introduce the talent of the podcast. Jeffrey, Jehu, Hawkeye, no teeth, big tats,
0: big heart. (laughs) Love the guy. Jeff Levecchio, Vex what's up today, dude? I feel like I need to do the uh, Miss America wave after that intro. Like, hello, hello. Um, I'm good, man. I'm good. It's uh, been a good week so far. I'm. Uh, it's almost full full tilt for me. A lot of my guys are back now, so that's been really fun. Every day more and more guys get home. It's uh fun to, you know, see them talk to them about their season, um, you know, see that they're excited to get back in the gym and do it, you know, get after it again this summer. So, this is always like a super fun time of year for me. Super fun? Yeah. Yeah, you know what else is really cool is I've had a bunch of coaches and organizations reach out to me in the last 10 to 14 days too about working with their teams um in season next season so that they can offer uh training programs to their to their players or their organizations um and so many of them you know are coming from the podcast so i you know I think that's just really really cool and and uh it, you know it's just like a full circle thing so that's that's cool yeah <laughs> it's, it's a like circle. a circle yeah it's like a in there <laughs> not a square
1: circle. <laughs> but a circle for anybody who knows that movie line yeah money um okay so i'm really excited for this one let's get right into it let you want to just get right into it today
0: yeah should we do the sponsors now
1: uh first we'd like to thank gel sticks our title sponsor gelstx.com go there great time to go there to get your weighted training sticks because you can train hockey wise in the basement even outside now the weather's getting a little bit nicer and on the ice and on the ice, and in the weight room. Also, they have lacrosse sticks and golf clubs. Guys, it's the best time of year for gel sticks. Go to gelsticks.com. Use the coupon code THINKTANK, one word. Get a discount on your weighted training sticks. You're going to love them. Jeffrey, go.
0: Train heroic. Always want to thank those guys. Josh and the boys over there um, I've now worked with. I think it's getting close to 6,000 athletes uh, uh, since COVID. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's uh, it's unbelievable. For those of you Uh, that are not on
1: Zoom with us right now, I just gave a holy crap look.
0: Yeah, man. (laughs) It's been a grind. It's been awesome helping all these players at a hilariously low price. Um, If you guys are looking for training programs for your athletes or your teams, in season or off season, especially that's where, you know, my guys make the most gains because like we really get after it, um, you know, hit me up. I can uh, help you guide you or whatever. We can talk about working with your team. So thank you to train heroic. Uh, also want to say thank you to Cure nutrition. That's a CBD company that I am with. Absolutely love them. Got to hang out with their founder recently um, at an RTA syndicate event here in St. Louis. That was really cool. He's an awesome guy. They have an amazing product. That's why I'm with them. So if you're looking to uh, try like real CBD, not gas station CBD, like real CBD that's quality, that's that's you know quality control checked. All this stuff, amazing products. Check out curednutrition.com. Discount code GMBM will save that money.
1: Boom. All right, and thank you to icehockeysystems.com, the best website out there for all your coaching education needs. We have teamed up with them to do an association platform where you can get this for every single coach within your organization at a as you said hilariously cheap price and uh unbelievable value for that price and also not just for your coaches but your parents as well because they have access to the hockey think tank parent survival guide so thousands of drills Whiteboard explanations. You can do all of your drills online. Save them, store them, send them out to your parents, send them out to your kids before practice. Uh, Just an unbelievable tool to make you better as a coach and uh, can make your players better. So icehockeysystems.com, look up the associations tab today. And thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your support. For everybody who continues to listen to our podcast, numbers keep going up. And we are just so unbelievably fortunate to have all of you that listen to us every week. If you can help us spread the word by sharing us with your group, sharing us on social media. Uh, We just do this to make a positive impact on the hockey world. So the bigger reach that we can get, uh, the more of a positive impact we hopefully we can get as well. So thank you for doing all of that. We so, so, so appreciate it. And with that, Jeffrey, you want to get to the topic at hand? Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, cool. So uh, we're going to go a couple different ways with this here today. And I want to talk about two different things. Number one is what does it mean to be hard to play against as an individual? And number two, what does it mean to be hard to play against as a team as well? Because I think they go hand in hand. Some of the answers might be kind of similar. Um, But at the same time, I think, Vex, as we kind of look back at our careers, we know those specific players. We know those specific teams that were just extremely, extremely hard to play against. The one that honestly comes to mind is your Omaha Lancers teams that used (laughs) to kick our ass all the time in the USHL. Um, But let's start individually. You know, you were somebody that was hard to play against. Uh, I'd like to think I was, too. Um, but what does that mean? Like when you go back on your career and you think of like the players that you just almost like didn't want to be matched up against, uh, you know, when you were on the ice with them, what, what did that mean to you? What did those players have? And, and like, what was it about them that made them hard to play against?
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, it was the guys who you knew were never going to quit on a puck, like, If they're dumping it in and and whatever, and you're on the defensive end, like they're dog on a bone, like they're all over it. They're not flying big circles. They're not, they're not, you know, like they're trying to run you through the boards whenever they can, when it's there, you know, and they're just always stopping and starting, stopping and starting, doing the right things, focusing on the little details, constantly just like... (laughs) Dog on a bone, whatever, whatever it is, whatever role they're doing, you know, it's those types of guys who that they're just always there and it's consistent. It's like every shift. You know what you're going to get against them. You know that you're going to you're you're going to have to really do something to beat this guy. Uh, uh, something special or something. You know, like you're really going to have to bring your A effort, A plus effort to like get by people like that because like they they refuse to be beaten. You know, hated playing against those guys. Respected the shit out of them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think for me, it goes down to like you're just suffocated. There was no time yeah. and space.
0: Yeah, There's no you time. And smothered space. Yeah. By those as, guys. The guys that are like you really notice, you're just like smothered by them. You're like, you everywhere. Where what? <laughs> you know? Sorry.
1: F bomb, my bad. All good. All good. Um, no, like it's just as an offensive player, it like again, like you want time and space. And the people that you hate playing against are the people who take away time and space from you. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a couple of different things. It's, it's one, usually they could skate really well. Most of the time, people that are hard again to play against can skate. They have a great defensive stick and they're physical as hell against you. Like if it boils down to a couple different things, those are the things they can skate so they can close on you quick and kill plays quick. Like we were talking about. And and they're physical and, and it's yeah, like a dog on a boat, relentless is the word that comes to mind. You, you just you can't get an inch. You can't yep. get an inch, and it's every shift, every shift, every shift. And then like maybe you get a shift or you get some time and space or something like that, and you're like, oh, okay. And then like boom,
0: <laughs> right out of nowhere. Right, right away, they're they're like right back on you, you know. You know who I think embodies that is Antoine Roussel. Dude, I've You've told some stories him.
1: about him when you played with him Dude. in the A, right? Dude, he made a living off of being hard to play
0: against. He literally like made the NHL, which like I, I played with him as a rookie. Rookie year in pro is is hard for a lot of guys, you know, especially coming from like major junior, which I think he was. I think he was coming from the Q probably. Um, man, like he, he willed himself to the NHL. He willed himself to the NHL. It's like nothing I've ever seen there are very few guys that I could honestly like not, not pumping my own tires. I literally, I had to work be the hardest worker all the time he worked harder than me in practice. It was like nothing I've ever seen. He was a hundred miles an hour all the time. And like not saying that you need to play that way, right? Like he he wasn't as cerebral of a player. Like this was his type of role, being a guy that's hard to play against, just going to be all over you, dog on a bone, all over the ice, can skate good stick pressure and is willing to finish every hit. And that was him, man. And I have so much respect for the career that he carved out. Like, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's unreal. Like those are the players that you you go back and you think about your career, and you're like, wow. Like you know those players that overachieved.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, just
1: like absolutely overachieved. A lot of times, it's those types of players, right? Who at some point in their career, were offensive role players, and then had to figure out a way to survive. And honestly, like if we're being completely transparent, there's very few Antoine Roussel's out there anymore. Yeah, it's a if you talk to any scout in any league, whether it's professional scouts or or even junior scouts, like it's a dying breed of people like that. That are they're searching for them. Oh, they it's gold. Once they find it, it's like (laughs) the most important recruit that you can get,
0: you know, going into the uh the weekend before the national tournament started, so not the frozen four with a Sweet 16 before that weekend started um, for hockey one of the original six, uh scout from an original six team called me to ask about some of my guys who I trained, um, asking about them as people, whatever. And then he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, you know, what, what, what word did he say? Not hard to play against, but it was what he was getting after is like, is he tough? That's what he asked. And I was like, what do you mean? Like fighting or like, he's like, well, that'd be great if you will fight, but like, is he tough? Will he get in there? Will he get in people's faces? Will he, will he like, piss people off because nobody does that anymore and everyone is looking for that now like everyone is so skilled that that that's all that's being focused on well now these guys who are like that they're playing against guys who don't want to play like that at all and they become pretty valuable now so it's like the teeter-totter that kind of happens every few years
1: oh for sure i mean you look at i mean the series that comes to mind right now in the playoffs and again we're doing this on a Tuesday. So this might be completely different by the time that this airs next Monday. But you look at like Florida being up three Oh on Toronto right now. Right. You They're all over. Matthew Kachuk is doing. You look at what Nick Cousins is doing and, and these guys who just have that never quit just in your face mentality. Yep. And I think there's a difference. I think it's important to talk about this because there's tough and there's fake tough. Yeah, I think there's a big difference between tough and fake tough. Like for me, the players who talked crap and didn't back it up, I loved playing against those players. <laughs> yeah. Like honestly, because number yeah. one, it pissed, I, I, I played better when I was mad. And so like, it pissed me off and I'm like, okay, buddy, like, here we go. <laughs> you yeah. know, like let's do yeah. it. And, but like the people who like you go into a scrum and they give you like a shove or a cross check in the right spot. And then they just don't say anything.
0: Yeah, those are the ones where it's like, yeah,
1: Okay, he's tough. You know, that's a good point. They say nothing. (laughs) And
0: they and when they give you the cross check, it's in the spot where they know there's no equipment and they're doing it to hurt you. They're doing it so that you know what they're doing. They They know what they're doing and they act like nothing happened. Like what? what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Little baby, you're going to cry to mom (laughs) and dad. Right. But they're not saying any of that. It's all said with their face. If they said it with their mouth, I'd be like, shut up. But they say it with no words. And that's what's that. that, That's like, okay, he knows what he knows what he's doing for sure. And
1: there's an art to that. There's a definite art to the, and not, and, and look, we're not saying that like, you have to be this way to be hard to play against. I think the main things that we talked about earlier was just like, Speed, so they close on you quick. They give you no time and space. They have a great defensive stick and they're physical on you. I think those are like the the biggest habits of people who are difficult to play against. But if you can add that element of just like a like just a shit disturber, you know, and and but not in a way of like the Sean Avery types, you know, that are just loud and you know they'll they'll fight sometimes, but a lot of times they'll turtle. You know, I maybe Sean Avery was like that. Maybe he wasn't. That's just a name that comes to mind with that kind of stuff. Um, but like just the, 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 the players who are just tough, not fake tough, you know, where it's yeah. You yeah. Know, show I'm a show off and I want to be tough right. and but right. I'm not going to back it up because there's right. people like that out there too. But like the ones who you just know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And those are the, those are the, t- and, and they're. A lot of times, like, they're guys who will fight, but they're not, like, guys who are, all, well, when we were playing, there were guys who would fight, but they weren't looking for fights, you yeah. know? They just wanted to play a hard game, you know? Like, honestly, somebody we've had on the podcast, Cody Lample. That's yeah. him, man. Oh, yeah. And he's very unassuming. He's freaking five ten and a half, and a half, maybe 175, 80 pounds, and he hits, like, an absolute freight train. And he, like, did not. <laughs> He didn't talk a lot of shit on the ice, but somebody come in his corner and he would put them through the boards. Kevin Roder, Remember Kevin, Kevin Roder? Oh, Kevin Roder, Of course. You know, you got to know when that guy's on the ice.
1: I wish there was YouTube back in the day when we were playing because his highlight tapes would have been. So he's what? Five, nine, probably like
0: 190. Like, nine, 1900 I think <laughs> is what you meant to say. Rhodes, love you. If somebody tells you that I chirped you. <laughs> but he was like so tough, man. So and, tough. And you know what
1: the thing, like, it just, I think what people have to realize when you have those players on the team, it gives your team a confidence that they can go out and play because you know that guys like that have your back. Yeah. And so people aren't going to take liberties with you. Other teams can't be all fake tough like we were talking about and just take runs at guys because you know that those types of players are going to answer the bell. Right. And I'm not even necessarily talking about fighting. I mean that yeah, I will come as as a part of it sometimes, but just like you can't mess around like from that kind of angle, that fake tough angle because those types of players will be they'll call they'll put bluff. you in your place. Yeah, they'll oh, call you yeah. that's a good way to put it. They'll, they'll put you in your place for sure.
0: Dude, one of the hardest hits I took in my whole career I think it was freshman year at Western and I think I, I think I blew right by rotor, not a big deal, Um, (laughs) but uh, what's up. I hope somebody tells him to listen to this. (laughs) No, but I think I did beat him wide or something. And I fell as I was shooting and he fell right behind me and we were both going full tilt and, or maybe, you know what? I think I was like shooting as I was trying to beat him wide and he hit me. That's what it was. He hit me kind of like off, off balance. And I went, down easily because I was on one foot shooting going around him, obviously. And we both, he explodes me, like murders me. And I was like five feet from the boards going full tilt. And he fell like through me because he hit me so hard. So he's going to the boards right behind me. So A, I'm going to the boards full speed because I'm skating. And then he blew me up. And then I've got 1,900 pounds of him coming in (laughs) right behind me. And like my ribs, I felt them like, (gasps) think like my ribs bent the other way and touched like instead of the back they touched in the front and i remember him he was just like mid-play like he knew it was like it was dangerous and he was just like jerry right, Pex. and i was like oh <gasps> i don't know how i'm alive right now in a second yeah dude that guy is uh, all all jokes aside unbelievable player great leader and uh definitely definitely a guy when you knew he was on the ice or else you you effed up and you're going to be looking at the ceiling
1: unbelievable teammate i played with him in chicago and uh he played in miami of ohio and just an absolute warrior absolute warrior um I think, you know, you always, you talk about like the hardest you get hit. I remember the hardest I've ever been hit. I remember it was against Yale when I was playing at Cornell and it was a power play breakout of all things. And, you know, I was, like, one of the guys who swung back on, on my forehand. Oh, and not usually, a big deal.
0: Skill guy. What's up?
1: Usually when you when you swing back, like, the other team's going to take an angle right. right, to try and get you or whatever. Right. And for whatever reason, Yale's pre-scout was just get right up on you. And so I wasn't expecting it. Oh, So, you know, baby. I'm curling back, and I'm kind of looking back at the defenseman to, to get the puck. Oh, baby. And he... As, as I was doing that, their forward was like, or maybe it was defenseman. I don't even know. It was like just. stepping up, just reading the play. Ooh. And so I didn't even see it coming. Ooh. And I was going like full speed, trying to get speed. And oh, baby. Oh, boy. That was. Oh, those are oh. the worst. Oh, man. Do you know who
0: it was? I don't remember who it wow. was. No. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. One of my other one of my other biggest ones was a similar situation to that. I was just, but it wasn't like power play. I was just like skating through at Select 15 camp in Chicago. And it was Matt McLevane. Oh. When we were like 15, he looked like a professional bodybuilder. Like I was waiting for my first pube, and he was gigantor. (laughs) And he, he literally ran through my chest. And I was like, oh, my God! By the way, by the way,
1: can we talk about Macker for just a second here? Former yeah. teammate of mine, another one. Unbelievable dude. Like I've talked hockey with him a bunch of different times. Um, and he actually helped us out this year with Michigan. Like we talked hockey with him and uh, we made some changes in our game that really helped our our team. And the oh, wow. other way around too. And uh, so Macker was the coach in Austria at Red Bull. And they won the... No, Austria. Oh, it was
0: back the in Austria. Austria. He was in yeah. He was in Austria then. He was in Germany for Ben.
1: Yeah. So he was the head coach in in Austria. Their team won the championship this year. And uh, just about a week or two ago, he got named the head coach of the San Diego Gulls in the AHL. Wow. So he's coming back stateside and uh, so happy for him, man. Just such an unbelievable dude. Yeah. Like he was tough to play. He was a big dude and tough to play against for sure. He
0: was a good player.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so congrats to Macker. I mean, we got to get him on the pod. We've talked to him. I've talked to him about coming on the podcast and he was actually, we were supposed to do it at one point. Yeah. Like because he's so many hours ahead in Austria, it didn't work. And then we just never reconnected on it, but we got to get him on the podcast, man. Like he is, he's big time.
0: We were just waiting for till he got that championship ring. And now he <laughs> meets the criteria to come on the hockey Think Tank ah, podcast. There it is. There it is. <laughs> but uh, happy for him. So as we
1: were talking about being hard to play against, what does that mean? I mean, hopefully you got something out of it. And again, like, Oh, go ahead, Jeff. I have yes.
0: one last thing to say. Hastings used to say this all the time, and it changed my mind, or it just changed the way that like I thought about the game too. He used to always say, if you take time and space, if you give time and space to a bad player, you make him average. If you give time and space to an average player, you make him good. If you give time and space to a good player, you make him great. And conversely. If you take away time and space from a great player, you make them good, a good player average and an average player bad. And like that always stuck with me as a guy who always had to be F1. Like I'm pretty much permanent F1 just in life <laughs> in general. Also, you know, I was telling somebody that the other day, I was like, yeah, bro, I'm always F1. They were like, you want to do something? And I was like, yep, I'm always F1. <laughs> That's going to be um, my, my uh, intro for, you know,
1: Jeffrey J who F1. The F, like, yeah.
0: the alt, the, the forever F1. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like when I started like, trying that and like really trying to take time and space away from the best players. I noticed like as a guy who was more of a defensive player in some roles that it really was true. And and conversely, when you give, when you give Rob shrimp time, what happens on the power play? Like he's going to pick you apart. (laughs) Patrick Kane, you give him time anywhere. Like he's going to pick you apart, McDavid, but if you take it away, you at least have a little bit of a chance, maybe. So, so being hard to play against, Toph said it, Toph alluded to it, but I think that that like thinking in your head, bad, average, average, good, good, great. And then the opposite of that, if you can take it away, that really helped get my mind around, like really trying to get on guys and not let them have time.
1: Love it. Love it, man. Take time and space away. How do you do that? Stick able pressure. to skate, great at angling, great stick pressure, follow through, and and one thing actually when I was coaching t- a couple of years ago in midget hockey, one of the things that I would chart was stick kills. So every time a guy had a his his stick on the ice and caused a turnover or caused like a bad pass, that'd be a stick kill because it was a change. I love that, the way. However, the one thing that I learned in doing this, it was probably after like a month was they were focusing so much on the stick and not enough on the physicality.
0: Uh, So it wasn't uh, like stick
1: on puck and then finish. It was just stick on puck. So we were actually like kind of hard to play against. uh, Okay. Okay. (laughs) And then then I actually stopped charting it because I was like, this is actually taking away from something that we also need to be as Mm. well. Um, and so it's just just interesting because it is like a a good defensive stick and and an ability to angle is one thing that is extremely, extremely important. But if you can counter that with also finishing your checks, um, and I'm not talking about going out of your way and, and, you know, being an idiot to finish your check. But if you're a stick length away from somebody, like, again, do you want to, as an offensive player, do you want to get hit? Or do you not want to get hit if you yeah. had the choice? <laughs> right, right. We don't want to get hit, right? So um, I, I think that the way the game has gone with the speed and skill, some of that has kind of been like, I don't want to say taken away, but not focused on as much. It's more the, like the back pressure and stuff, which, again, I'm not saying is not important because it is extremely, extremely important. You have to beat your defender up the ice. Um, that's also being hard to play against. And we will get to that as it comes to when we talk about what it means as a team. But like, if you consistently finish it, you just look at the playoffs, man, just look at the playoffs. Like it's, it's a war zone out there, right? It's an absolute war zone and people are finishing. And, and it's, it's like a, just a different brand of hockey. And it's a lot of fun to watch. It's a lot of fun to watch. And you're seeing these teams again and go back to it. Like, like these teams who are disciplined and have these hard to play against players, like those are the teams that are winning, <laughs> yeah, you have to have your skill and your talent a hundred percent, but yes. like like just be hard to play against,
0: yeah, you have to be, you absolutely have to be. I wish the NHL played like that all the time. It's unfortunate.
1: I mean, it's hard to play to. like that. Yeah, the it's, it's very hard games. To, very <laughs> hard to play
0: like that, 100%. I may, you know, maybe not at that level, but very hard to play like that. But it, it used to be, like, way more, you know, physical. And yep. I get why it's not, you know. I totally get why it's not. Um, But, man, it was, it was fun Again, to watch it. hard to play against
1: comes in different ways.
0: Yeah. It could be yeah, speed and Yeah, for sure. Gaps
1: speed yep. and gaps and angles it can yep. be physicality depending on the role that you're playing and what you're doing um you just got to find that niche and and if you can combine all those things then you're <laughs> then it sucks
0: then you're yeah <laughs> then it sucks <laughs> <laughs> then you just trap the whole night <laughs> just hope they don't get out of their own zone no, there's no trap. Like, yeah, oh, I, I hate traps. <laughs>
1: <Ugh>. <laughs> everybody plays a 131 one or 113 one, or 122 two nowadays Ugh. in the neutral zone. Everybody does. Ugh. But they're a little bit more aggressive.
0: It's more about habits and tracks and gaps and stuff than like just sitting back. Oh, there was one year I played in the AHL and we played the Abbotsford Heat like 5000 times that year and they played a 131. One. Like that was their whole four check, and it was they were so good at it. That you could not you'd have to dump it in every time. And when you dump it in, that last guy back was literally already at the goal line. He was much like in the
1: corner by the time the puck got. Yeah, there. because yeah. their
0: one three one was so good. And then they would just set up breakout every time. And it was just so boring to play against them. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> yeah. One three-one, I mean
1: Quinnipiacs, when they won a national championship. They have perfected the one three-one neutral zone and the breakouts coming out of it. They, uh, they've been good at it for years, man. Like when I was coaching at Cornell, it was very difficult to get through. And then when you did get it in their breakout structure and scheme, like it was hard to forecheck. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and, uh, did they have a
0: goalie who could play the puck too? Uh, yeah, not bad. If you throw that in there too. So now like if the goalie goes to one corner, you can pass it over to the other corner of the D and then the breakout's even easier. It's just, I uh, hated that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't miss playing against traps.
1: Well, let's let's get to it now. Then we're talking about teams and what it means to be hard to play against as a team. Like, what does that mean to you?
0: Um, teams that took away time and space. Like, we already talked about that with players, but it's the same with teams. And and what it feels like is it feels like a blanket is just like always on you. Like you're in you're in your zone and you're trying to break out, and and it's usually. Like the D-man is literally right in your pocket. Like you can't even catch a pass because he's standing right next to you. Cause like they, they trust their their you know press that much. Um down low in college. I remember um who was it? It was uh Lake Superior State, man. They played this down low defense where you know, I was pretty good at spinning off guys in the corner, like like while I'm cycling stuff. And you'd spin, I'd spin off one guy, and bam, you'd get smoked. And if somehow you could like wiggle your way out of that and get around that guy, bam, there's another guy there, and there's another guy. There's just like always guys. It felt like so basically just right- how most teams play D zone nowadays. It's just so, but like the ones that are really good at it, their timing is is perfect. Like they know exactly when to jump, exactly when to shrink, all of that stuff. To me, those are the hardest teams to play against.
1: Yeah, they just give you nothing.
0: Yeah. They shrink everything.
1: everything. Yeah. And I think I think the teams that are hard to play against, they don't just defend in their D zone. Like they defend all the way up the ice. Yeah. Like they're for me, the teams that are just brutal are the ones that track so hard. They track so hard because again, as an offensive player, what do you want? Time and space. And if you have a defenseman that has a gap and you have a forward that's back on a track. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. You, have, you have nothing other than getting rid of the puck quickly because you're not going to be, you're going to have somebody on you really, really quickly. And we would talk about like, oh man, like every team I've ever coached, it's track. It's all about tracks and gaps. It's right. all about tracks and gaps. Right. And if you have a team that tracks hard, you have a team that's probably going to be successful. Yeah. You know? And if you have yeah. a team where, because and again, because the forwards are skating so hard back to your zone that allows the defense to be aggressive because if you make a mistake, it can be alleviated by somebody that's back checking really hard that can get to that spot. If you do get beat. Right. So like, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's an overarching philosophy that so many teams have, have adopted. And like, there's an NHL team that won a Stanley cup within the last three years, they had shirts made and on the shirts, it was track or die. Like that was, that was their like motto going into the playoffs was track or die. And it's just such a such an important part to the game. And you talk about being hard to play against. If you have players consistently on your back when
0: you have the puck, it's it's hell to play against. Yeah, the worst. The the, uh, the other part of that on the uh, when they're when you're trying to break out and their D are just like right on top of you. Like they oh, have a yeah. really good connection between their F3 and their D like yep. the teams who just like very easily, those three guys kind of flow in or, you know, it doesn't matter where they are. They pinch at the perfect time and they've always got a guy backing them up. And then their F2 is always swinging right back through the middle. So then that's taken away those teams that do that really well. And they're just connected in their forecheck, um, uh, those are those are really tough teams to play against, too, for me.
1: Oh, totally, especially as a winger.
0: Especially as a winger.
1: And, and if you guys are like, you know, for everybody that's listening to this, that's watching the NHL playoffs, watch how many teams are flipping pucks from their defensive zone out into the neutral zone. The reason why is because <laughs> so many teams are so aggressive down the walls that you're just taking away those passes to the wingers and their back pressure through the middle, uh, you know, on the center is so hard too that there's literally like no other options. Yeah. So rather than, you know, chance a turnover in your own zone and in the NHL, typically those end up with a scoring chance and potentially in the back of your net because the players are so good in transition. Like th- it's a punt. Like you yeah. hear coaches talk about punting. It's yeah. it, like there's a lot of football analogies. It's field position, it's punting, it's getting pucks out of your zone, it's limiting your mistakes. And especially at this time of the year, um, when mistakes are are magnified so much and a lot of the goals scored are right off of mistakes, um, it, it, that's why you're seeing so many pucks, quote unquote, punted out of the zone is because of how aggressive, particularly defense are down the walls. You know, there's just no options to pass pucks on the breakout.
0: Right, right. And so then that's just trying to play chess against them, playing chess against you, against the. And it's just infinity. Cause like at least, you know, maybe you get a chance for a puck race if a D man bites too hard with a fake pass or something. Like I love like where that kind of goes in the game and, you know, trying to game within the game. To infinity and beyond? Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You said that. I was like, I was thinking Toy Story, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know what? Another thing is. Uh, playing against teams being hard to play against, uh, like especially as a forward, is teams that box out really well and make it really, mm. really difficult to get to the front of the net. Yeah. Whether it's on a rush, you know, on a rush and you're trying to get to the net, like as the middle driver or whatever, and they just get right under your stick and they get into your body and like push you away from the net, or in the ozone, like if the puck goes low to high you know, and you're trying to get to the net to be a screen or for net presence and traffic and their D are just boxing out that, that for me, that's really difficult to play against because where are so many of the goals scored? A majority of the goals scored is right in front of the net. Right. You know, it's right in front of the net. And when you have D that are not letting you get there and making it. Yeah. Physically painful. A lot yeah. of times to, <laughs> to, to get to the front of the net like that for me, as especially as a forward, that's what I think about too. When I'm, when like playing against teams that are hard to play against
0: dude a hundred percent the last six years of my career when i was in europe i scored legit like 99 percent of my goals within two feet of the net like it was all rebounds a lot of tips um and, and just like jam plays and stuff like that and you know the nights where I was playing against some guys. It's like oh, if I'm gonna get one tonight. Like I have to earn it. Like I have to beat this guy who's literally <laughs> like just trying to keep me away from anywhere near the net. Like it's just a battle one on one the whole game. Anytime the puck's in the zone, and, and you know those are hard games offensively to do that. You know for sure. And I think that the the defense or even the down low forward
1: that are the best at it, they box out early. So they don't necessarily like wait for you to get to the front of the net and then make like miserable for you, which is kind of like when we were growing up, that's kind of how it was. It was just like cross-checking to the back was like, (laughs) it was rewarded by the refs. Totally legal. (laughs) Yeah, 100%, right? That little space in in your back between your pants and your your shoulder pads. Yep yeah that was that was the spot for sure yep. but now what a lot of teams are doing is they're teaching their players to box out early so as soon as that puck goes low to high like you're starting your box out in the corner like you're giving that guy a sting you're giving that guy a, a cross check and and not letting him get to the front because you know a lot of teams they'll go low to high and try to shoot it quick you know if, if it's there and so you do you have to box them up quickly and keep it away keep as much traffic away from the net. So the goalie can have a little bit easier of a, a a sight line of the shot. And so, yeah, like being boxed out early and just like not being able to get to the net is difficult.
0: Dude. It's, it's so massive. And for both of those really large reasons that you said, it's also really makes the goalie's job way friggin' easier. You know, if you're, if you're, if he can see every shot, he's going to, especially at the higher levels, he's going to save any level if your goalie sees more pucks from the shot to his body he's going to save more than if there's traffic like that is a scientific fact it is, anchor <laughs> that is man. A scientific fact <laughs> it is anchor man not anchor lady um <laughs> good movie um you know what i mean so like not only is it harder like that but also how noisy Guys, guys don't want to play in those games either when like a lot of players will quit if you start playing them like that, like you're going after them on your defensive check instead of them taking as much ground as they can. And then there's the battle when you don't even get like a foot forward off a face off and a guy is all over you. You're just you, it's just a battle. And a lot of guys don't want to deal with that. hundred percent. And actually, that's a really good point that you just
1: made face offs
0: yeah that sets yeah. the
1: tone for the game man right that's right t- like don't you know- talk
0: don't talk to the guy next to you f this noise i hate it i hate it i hate it so much <laughs> oh you mean we- like buddy buddy like yeah hey, dude. i hated guys talking to me yeah, i'm like dude what like don't be nice to me Same after the game i don't care but like don't talk to me during the game come on <laughs> come on i hated that stuff <laughs>
1: yeah yeah but like that sets the tone for it. like you know when the puck drops, like I was a center a lot of the time and you knew like the centers that like took pride in faceoffs.
0: Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. They had, a,
1: they had a strong stick and they played low and like, you knew it was going to be a bit of a battle. And like, I, I know a lot of centermen like that think like this. And I was this way too a lot of your confidence is kind of derived from how well you're doing on face-offs in, in, in a given yeah. night. Sometimes like if you're yeah. losing a lot of draws, first of all, that's five to 10 seconds that your team is not getting possession of the puck. And as an offensive player, you want possession of the puck. Right. And also, but it's just like, it's just a loss. It's just a loss that you have. So it kind of yeah. like beats your ego a little bit, you know? Right. Um. But like also, even as the wingers and, and the secondary support, if you, are going against people who shoulder you shoulder to shoulder every single time and are trying to beat you with to the best of their ability to pucks every single time. And it's like, it's like a really big, again, like dagger to the ego. If your center wins the puck kind of behind them and then you get beat by their forward to get that puck and then they get possession that like, that's a big deal for me. That is a huge, huge deal. Those, Effort plays off of faceoffs when you should be, even if like, you know, you're, let's say you're in the defensive zone and your centerman wins the puck back to the D, but they're forward, like bad out of hell, like your guy doesn't get a shoulder on them and they get in and they cause a turnover in your D and then you got to spend like 15 to 20 seconds in the defensive zone. Oh boy, that is like, that's, that's momentum. That's momentum in a game. Same thing the other way. Like if you're on offense and you win a draw, but their defensive guy comes out and grabs the puck and then they get the puck and they dump the puck. And now you got to go defend in your zone for 15, 20 seconds. That is a big deal for momentum. And that even that field position that I was talking about earlier. And so again, if we're talking about being hard to play against one of the most fundamental things in the game of hockey, something that happens typically every minute of the game, if not every minute, every other minute is, is face-offs. And so, yeah, man, like if you want to be hard to play against as a team, you got to focus on face-off intensity big
0: time. Love that. Love that. So true. Teams that battle off draws, like like truly every draw, like really yeah. are like, they're like ev- all five players, but, you know, usually the three forwards. Um, if it's in, you know, most of the dots, like they're, they're all like in on it. They're all helping get it, kick it back, slap it back, whatever you got to do battle, get in body position. So if you, if you do win, they're like already in front of you, they've got their leg in front of yours. So they have body position and they can go left, to, you know, or right, um, massive, you know, that's, it's, that's hard to play against.
1: Totally. Totally. You gotta notes. be ready. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You have to be ready. You got to be on your toes. You got to be ready to initiate contact right away. Beat that person to that space. Uh, hold up, you know,
0: yeah. All
1: interference. If your team wins too,
0: that's, that's hard to play against too. When you are for checking and the one D comes over, one D goes back to get the puck second D just like gently skates in front of you you know and just causes you to like break your stride and and it gives his partner just a little bit more time and then because you had to kind of get out of his way the good d man the first guy gets the puck and then he reverses it and you've had to like course correct going around that d who then breaks off and now he's got all the time in the world like that you know teams that did that little thing or their center would pick you know the four checkers coming in massively important it's very hard when teams do those things against you and so if you know that like start doing them boom boom okay i have one more thing to talk
1: about as it relates to um being hard to play against as a team and that is just like playing against a team that's bought in to a system Mm -hmm. or a structure Mm -hmm. a team that you know like is disciplined in their their structure Mm-hmm. And I also like, like they're just always above you, you know, they just don't make mistakes. It's and, and I'm not talking about like 1994 trap, just sitting back. I'm talking about they're in their structure. They take away the middle of the ice. They're always on top of you with their gaps. And, and you just know what you're going to get from them every time. That's really difficult when they're always above you and they always have guys above the puck and there's no odd man rushes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, no odd you know? man rushes that, that, is really hard to play against it's hard to get things going up offensively if there's no admin rushes and and exactly what you said like i don't think there's any like one system that that is necessarily the best system to play it's who can be one unit out on the ice together moving can you say that again
1: because that is like the like the most important thing you have one with every different system right Okay, let's call a spade a spade. Like most systems are similar. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, of course. But there's different tweaks and there's different, you know, yeah, different looks, whatever. Or, yada, yada, yeah, yada. but like, yeah, it, the buy-in to the system is, is infinitely, matters. infinitely
0: more important than the system yes. itself. One hundred percent. I think this about pretty much everything in life, <laughs> businesses, teams, cultures. It's not what you do. Anything how you do it. It's how you do it. What and, you
1: do and- is important. But yes, you do it, it is, is
0: very much so. But at those highest levels, it's whose whose system is so tight. It's one person thinking and moving as one instead of five individuals giving up energy leaks and little spaces and little time pockets all over the ice that then NHL players are going to take advantage of. Just so the crap out of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's super important. So, like, you know, that's why coaching and leadership is like so massively important more so in the like getting everybody to buy into the system the culture the the framework and whatever it is and then you be creative from that and creativity will flow from all of like the opportunities that just being one moving piece out there will bring to you
1: yep predictability goes a long way
0: yeah 100 goes
1: a long way and all it takes is one person being unpredictable that can mess it up right. for the whole thing. chain
0: reaction yeah
1: yeah um and then with that Uh, I I think, and and this is something I talk about in my team building all the time. And for me, who's very, very passionate about culture, like a team that you're playing against that has unbelievable bench energy, that is a mental battle when you play against that team. Right. And so I talk about bench energy all the time. And like, I've been on teams where your team blocks a shot and people are like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And then I've been on teams where somebody blocks a shot and everybody is up and screaming and like, yeah, it it kind of thing. Those teams win. Those teams win. I'm telling you with like a hundred percent certainty and it's not the fake stuff. It's not the, oh yeah, hey, cool. I'm doing this because I have to do it. It's no, like this dude just sacrificed and I appreciate that, Yeah, you know, and um, it's just little things like that. Like I remember even like in our frozen four game against Quinnipiac Um in the third period, their um one of their players beat one of our players out for an icing. And so like it should have been an icing, but their guy like worked really hard um to to beat our guy, and their entire team stood up and were banging their sticks on the boards. And I'm you know, I'm up in the press box, right? So I'm pretty far away from the ice with where I was. And I saw that. And it's something that we talked about as a team, how it was so important to have bench energy, right? And, and be positive and and focus on those little sacrifice plays. And we did that really, really well this year. But like seeing that, I was like, oh, we're in
0: trouble. Yeah, that's that. You're right. <laughs> and like that in all powerful. honesty,
1: I was like, oh, we're in trouble because, you know, that's a team that like we're talking about is bought in and they care about each other and they care about the details and they care about the little things. And those are the things that win championships. And that's why they won. That's what like everything that we're talking about right now is why Quinnipiac won a national championship yep. and, and and kudos to them because we did it really well. We played against Minnesota. They did it really well. Um, you know, we played against BU. They did it really like all of these teams are really good at these things that we're talking about, but like Quinnipiac, that's what they're known for. Like I just going back to coaching against them when I was at Cornell, like they do an unbelievable job of getting their guys to buy into those things being really, really important. And like you talk about being hard to play against, it is a mental win when like, and I I talk about this all the time in the team building. Like if you're like, let's say the benches are across from each other, which most college rings are like this. You look across and the other team blocks a shot and their bench goes nuts. What does that do to your bench?
0: Right, deflates
1: it. It deflates you. You know, it it deflates you because you're like, wow, those guys, this is going to be a battle tonight.
0: Yeah, they are about each other.
1: Those guys care. Like, that's, like, it's pretty impressive, you know? Yeah. And so I just, like, man, like, ah, it's such a little thing, but it's so, it's not. It's such a big thing. That bench energy, that care for each other. Like, and and you know, you've been on benches both ways. We've all been on benches both ways. Yeah. and And you can't fake it. You can't fake it. Guys actually have to care about each other and guys have to be willing to sacrifice on the ice.
0: That's such a good point. You can't fake it. You literally can't fake
1: it. Oh dude. That's how about like in practice when you're on like a losing streak and Uh, like, you know, you're trying to make it fun. So guys are like whooping it up and you're like, it's just so contrived and so fake. It's (laughs) the worst. the same on the like in games, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be the culture. Everybody's gotta be bought in. Like it's, Yeah can't be coming from any kind of fake place like it's it, it, that's gross <laughs> that's gross gross that. is, is a good word for it absolutely yeah. Yeah. but
1: yeah i just man like bench energy is so like i have different goals that like i want my teams to achieve like you got to win the special teams battle you got to win the odd man rush battle you got to win the net front shot battle things like that you have to win the bench energy battle Dude, you have to win the bench that. energy battle you know because it's hell.
0: It's, it's, you, you know, what type of team you have, if you have that energy it's the culture. and it's real, it's, yeah. it's a
1: byproduct of the culture that you have within the locker room and the love yep. that the players have for each other. Yeah. And if you have that, then you have a chance. Yep. If you, if you don't have that, you don't, I don't care how talented you are. You don't have a chance. Right. You have a chance to be good, but you don't right. have a chance to be a championship caliber team. If guys right. don't love each other and yeah. the bench energy is not there.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's the exact same thing for small businesses like you have to like do the like it's just like anything in life if you want to be successful sales team you know like get together like you know like do 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 team bonding stuff do team building like the tighter you are the more the more tight-knit you guys are the more you understand what each other's roles are like everything's just going to go into a better puzzle that produces a better product It's the same thing as a team as a all these different things, you For know, sure. it's, it's so massively important.
1: For sure. And I will say this too, if we're talking about team building right now, because this is my, this is my jam. This is my thing. This is the thing I'm like most passionate about of anything else in the world as it relates to like hockey winning championships. You can't do team building once. and expect your team to love each other it's something that you have to do consistently and it's something you have to incorporate into your practice plans and it's something that you have to consistently talk about all the time um because like i feel like that's where a lot of people air is like hey we'll bring somebody in to talk to our team once in september and that hey we did our team building it's like a checking off the box but like your culture is a living breathing organism that gets better or gets worse based on how you treat each other every single day and your interactions you know And so the more you can focus on those things and the more you can put time and energy into those relationships and into building those bonds, and I'm not saying you have to do a big team building event every day, like, but you should do something biweekly every three weeks as a team, just get together for 10-15 minutes and talk about something, talk about your identity, you know, talk about previous experiences. Talk like there's so many different things that you can do. And if there's something that interests you, like DM me or or email me because I have like a million different things (laughs) that you can do. That some like that I've tried that are good, some that I've tried that aren't so good. Um, but like, yeah, man, just uh, man, just guys and teams, girls that love each other. Um, you're giving yourself a chance
0: to be special, which is what we all want at the end of the day 100%. And it just makes the journey way more fun too when you actually care about everybody and you want everybody to win, you want, you know, your wingers to to score as many goals. You want them to score more goals than you, you know, you like, like that's the kind of culture you need to, to, to build, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. So being hard to play against, hopefully we gave you guys some ideas of what that means. Uh, Gave you some ideas from an individual standpoint, some things that you can do, or as a coach, some things that you can teach with your players that can allow them to be harder to play against. Um, and then as a team, maybe hopefully we've given you some tools or given you some ideas um, that can help your team be hard to play against too, Jeff. Before we um,
0: head it out, you got anything else to add before we end this little shindig? Uh, I hope when this comes out, Joseph Wall is still playing. He got thrown. <laughs> he got thrown in last game for Game Three, right? Uh, yep. Game Three.
1: Yep, yeah. Game Three.
0: Yeah, yeah, Game Three. and uh, And he will be playing in game four and they said he's getting the nod in game four so he's going to have the entire country of canada's eyes on him (laughs) and uh and tons of people in the u.s he's just special human i hope he's still playing when this podcast comes out uh yeah great dude so hopefully he kills it
1: good luck joseph wall and with that thank you guys thank you everybody we hope you have a great week and we will see you next time